Hello, and welcome to season four of the Pivoting Out of EDU podcast. This is a podcast designed to provide you with the inspiration, confidence, and strategies for transitioning out of campus-based positions in education. Hosts, Drs. Jamie Hoffman and Tom Studdard, pivoted out of campus-based positions, hold senior-level positions in organizations, and love it. What started as an idea that they thought might benefit a few is clearly filling a need across the nation with education professionals during the Great Resignation. Jamie and Tom are excited to be back for another season with over 25,000 downloads across our first three seasons. So have a seat or take a walk. However you listen to podcasts and get ready for ideas and inspiration. And if you think this podcast was awesome, please consider giving us a five-star rating. Hello, and welcome to Pivoting Out of EDU. I'm Jamie Hoffman. And I'm Tom Stutter. And we're excited today to have Heather Hamilton with us. Truth is, neither of us knew Heather, um, but I happen to have seen a post that she put up in the, a post that she posted? Is that what we say? Anyway, in the Expatriates of Student Affairs group. And we do get contacted by a fair amount of people that, you know, want, you know, want to share their stories and et cetera. But I found your story compelling and reached out to you. And I don't think I'll read the whole thing because I, that could steal your thunder. Um, but I just love the fact, you know, that it was your, it was March 9th when you said it was your last, you recently had had your last day in higher ed. And you talked all about what you did to learn front end web development in 2021 and lived and breathed tech, honing in search engine optimization and started freelancing, et cetera. And I just was like, that is, I just love that you were like, I'm going to go learn this. I'm going to upskill myself and I'm going to do this thing. And I thought this is the, this is someone we need to have on to, to talk with us. So thank you. Thank you for being here and feel free to say hello to listeners. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Well, along those lines, um, I know I gave a little high level um, overview <laughs> of your experience, but if you could unpack a little bit for us, just high level, what, what were you doing in uh, campus-based positions? Any more information about like sort of what motivated or made you to really initiate this decision to pivot? Um, feel free to sh- share more and we'll probably ask more about um, the trainings and such that you did, but what you're doing now. Yeah, great. Um, so I'm currently the SEO specialist at Archer Education, and I've been there since March. 2022. Um, I had, Heather, Heather, I'm going to interrupt you because a lot of our listeners are going to go CEO. What is that? Yeah. Yeah. I was getting there. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. I was just like, I barely even know what it is. (laughs) Yes. Yes. So SEO stands for search engine optimization. So we basically help people or help institutions get found on search engines, such as Google being the biggest one. So I have been working in higher education professionally since 2011. Um, My work in education actually started, though, in 2007 in Campus Rec when I started college at Indiana University. 
So I'd actually dropped out of high school when I was 16. I was really not sure what I wanted to do with my future. Um, but during high school, I had been involved in show choir. I don't know if anybody knows what this is, but it's basically like Broadway singing and dancing. It's awesome. I love it. Loving, I love it. I love yes. it. I love it. <laughs> okay, good. Yes. It's the best. Um, so I really wanted to be in show choir, but I also like was in with the wrong crowd. I was like smoking cigarettes. I was very unhealthy. And um, what happened was when I joined this show choir, I had already dropped out of high school, but I was like, I'm going to go to this one class in this show choir. And then I'm going to go to practices and all that. So I made the team because it was a varsity team at our high school. And it's very tough to sing and dance when you're unhealthy and smoking cigarettes. So at age 17, I gave up smoking. I started exercising and it completely like turned everything around um, in my life. And so at age, I think it was like 18 or 19, I decided I was going to get my GED and I was going to go to college and I was going to get in because I wanted to teach people to find success through exercise like I did. Um, so I actually wrote a letter to Indiana University and told them my story. And I have no idea how, but I got in. And so I was accepted to the fitness specialist program in the exercise science department. And I started there in 2007. So as soon as I got there, I was like, I'm going to start teaching step aerobics, of course, because that's what was in, um, in freshman year in the campus recreation department. And from there, I taught every group fitness format on the schedule. I started certifying instructors myself as an undergraduate. Um, and then I became a personal trainer and I decided I wanted to go on in-campus recreation and get my master's in applied health science. And so I did a graduate assistantship there, um, still at Indiana University. So I spent six years there working in campus rec as a student. From there, um, I went on to work as a coordinator, an assistant director, and eventually a fitness director at five different higher ed institutions. So I was moving up quickly. And unfortunately, a lot of times in higher ed, when you want to move up, especially in like a smaller department, you have to move universities. So that's kind of one of the, the drawbacks, of course, of staying in higher ed and like being a go-getter and trying to move up. So I have worked at five different schools now, and I actually met my wife at one of them in Chicago. It was my second job out of grad school, and I was the fitness coordinator, and she was a personal trainer. And we were friends for a while, and then she graduated, <laughs> and then we started dating. And we actually started a fitness business together in 2016. So that is actually now her full-time gig. And it, it was my side hustle. It still is my side hustle for a long time. And I mentioned this because I think it was this side hustle specifically, and really just marketing this fitness side hustle that kind of made me confident to develop a new skill and transition out of higher ed. That's such a cool story. Like, like I <laughs> So for our listeners, and, and I've told Heather this, uh, Jamie and I, to make sure that we don't talk over one another, um, we we slack each other on the side to make sure that we always stay on top of uh, on top of what we're doing. And I'm literally typing like, this is such a cool story. And Jamie's response, <laughs> like, it's super dynamic. It really is. Like, that's such a cool story. And, and yeah. you know, not only like one sort of the well, one, I was really excited about the show choir, um, just because yes. I love my musicals. Um, but then sort of sort of taking that to the, to the next step of, of sort of your personal story of falling into the wrong crowd and then sort of mm -hmm. overcoming that and giving up smoking and, and, and going into this fitness related career. Like it's, it's absolutely fascinating. And one, I want to congratulate you on all of that. Thank um, you. <laughs> but two, like, let's deep, let's take a deeper dive into what you're doing now and like yeah. what, what your day-to-day -day looks like and, and, totally. and, and sort of maybe talk a little bit about like, if someone was interested in doing something in this 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 fear, like how would they go about doing that? Um, and and then maybe that's where you can talk through some of the some of the professional development courses and trainings that you've taken. Yeah, totally. So over the last 
few years, um, while I was working full-time in higher ed and then like managing this little side hustle, um, bar path fitness is the name of it. Um, I realized that a couple of our blogs on bar path were just crushing it on Google. So we were getting client inquiries from, from Google, um, those first couple of years. And I wasn't sure why or how, so I decided to kind of look into it. Like, why is this traffic happening and how is this working? Um, so that's when I started to look into SEO, but really at that point it was just blogging. So it was keywords and, um, the right like headers and things like that. So it's, it's called on-page SEO and a lot of blogs practice this because it's kind of the way to optimize your blog to get seen on a search engine. So I started doing that. And then once I decided I wanted to shift out of higher ed, that's when I started just really digging in. So at first I did the front end web development because I was like, okay, maybe I want to be a web developer. Turns out, no, (laughs) I do not want to be a web developer, but it is really beneficial to understand HTML and even JavaScript and CSS or the technical part of SEO. And so the web development course gave me a chance to really apply the technical portions to the SEO practice. And so what happened and what I encourage other people to do is um, I spent about six months, I did a hundred hours of the web development. And then I did a ton of other courses on like LinkedIn learning. I did some on Coursera, Udemy. Um, There's a ton of content out there on SEO and marketing in general. And so I was taking inbound marketing courses. I was taking SEO courses. Um, all of these things. And what I decided was, you know what, it's great to put this on LinkedIn and say, yes, I have these, you know, these courses that I've done, but what would look even better is if I had clients and a case study or two. So I went out and started another business and decided to start freelancing my SEO services after, I mean, I had some experience with, with the blog, but you know, the actual like technical part of SEO, I probably only had about six months of practice with it. But the great thing about it is there are a lot of fitness and wellness businesses out there that don't really know how to utilize their website or how to get found online. And they don't have a huge budget. And at the time, you know, I was very honest and I was like, look, I just got started with this and I have, you know, years of kind of the on-page experience with the blog. And I'm, I'm really practicing honing in on my technical SEO skills and my, my back, like building and my, my off-page skills. And what I'll do is give you a huge discount. Like you, I'll do it for you know this rate. And all I ask of you is that you allow me to use any successes we have as a case study. And then I can also um, get a review from you on Google because of course that helps my SEO as well. And so I ended up getting about five clients and I still work with some of them today. And I was able to use those successes that we had even the small ones, because SEO does take a long time. But sometimes if you fix like technical fixes on the website, it's almost immediate where you can see some Google saying, oh yes, your website is healthier. Let's start ranking a little higher. And so I was able to bring these case studies and these success stories to my interview with Archer. And I think that combined with my 10 years of management and higher ed experience and being able to actually like talk to the client and work with people as well as being able to talk to faculty and, and higher ed administration. Um, I think those things are what landed me the job. So yeah, I think that's probably, did I cover all that? <laughs> you did. And I mean, I just, I just love someone that's like, I want to learn this. And I'm just going to go do this ish. Like just you, you get stuff done. I love it. Uh, I also think it's really representative of you know, I think people may sit there in the state of like, 
I could go learn this, but should I? And how will it help me? And I think you, your story shows people, if you do it, you may not end up wanting to do that exact thing, but it'll lead you to where you want to go and then even help you to be more successful when you're there. So I think that's excellent. Plus Coursera, Udemy, LinkedIn, all extremely affordable. You're not, you don't have to drop $60,000 to get a master's degree in marketing. So I think that's really going to resonate with people. Yeah. And I think the front end web development course, it was like a monthly thing. I want to say I did like Team Treehouse. It was like 25 bucks a month. So super affordable. Yeah. Yeah. And, and how, what really led to your desire to want to leave higher ed, well, campus-based position and, and how are you finding the, the new world that you're in now? Yeah. So I don't know if this comes off, but, um, I like to do a lot of things. (laughs) So yeah, one of the things that made me kind of want to move on from higher ed is I'm a very fast paced person. And as we all know, higher ed is not really fast paced. So I've always had like a full-time job and then a business or two on the side and kind of like doing these side hustle things. But I also really like solving problems and then getting results and like being able to see kind of the outcome of those results. And marketing is like, I mean, there are marketing campaigns and they last this long and here's your results. And it's very analytical and data-driven and I absolutely love it. And I just wasn't quite getting that in higher ed. Um, The other thing that kind of happened was I was just growing in my department and in my role really quickly. And the next step for me as a director, you know, was either moving out of my department or um, moving schools again, which, you know, my wife and I were kind of comfortable here. We didn't really want to do that at the time. Um, but the thing that really kind of dug it home for me was Colorado was actually going through an equal pay for equal work act at this time. Um, so that process actually brought some like discrepancies to the surface. And I did end up getting a pay adjustment in the end and everything was, my school actually handled it really, really well. So I'm very happy for that. But I think that set off in my mind, like I need a plan B just in case. And I think that was the initial catalyst that really triggered me diving into the web development, diving into the SEO and saying, if for some reason, like this doesn't work out and you know, the pay transparency isn't there, it's not fixed or whatnot. I just want another plan um, to fall back on. And so that combination of me wanting something a little more fast paced and challenging, as well as wanting a livable wage for Denver, Colorado was kind of what uh, drove me out eventually. Yeah, that's, and I certainly get that, right? Like all the things that you've talked about and then the living wage, which is of course really (laughs) important. Are you located in Denver now? Uh, Yes, we are. We're in Denver. And how do you, how do you like Denver? Just totally aside, right? Like this has (laughs) nothing to do with the podcast, but how do you like Denver? Yeah, we really like it. I mean, I wish that we would get outside more. Um, and I think my wife is kind of done with the snow. She actually wants to end up in more of a desert climate eventually, but I think we're here for a little while. Um, the hiking is awesome. And my dog loves it, of course. So it's great. Uh, it's, it's just expensive. It really it is. is. Yeah. I have a, I have a, my best friend actually lives. Um, sorry, Jamie, I'm, I'm, I'm outing my other best friend. So you're my, you're my best friend too. Um, but my, one of my closest best friends lives in Denver, just recently moved there from Texas. Um, and I went to visit her in January of this past year. And uh, it just so happened that 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 it was New Year's Eve and uh, New Year's New Year's Eve. And we got you guys got so much snow in that like <laughs> short amount of time. I was like, I can never live here. There's just too much of this white stuff on the ground. It's a lot. Yeah. But and we don't yeah. like ski or anything. So, yeah. yeah. 
But then again, well, I live in DC where we also get a lot of snow. So maybe, oh, yeah. We, yeah. Anyways, like I'll stop asking, uh, I'll stop <laughs> talking about silly things. Um, Meanwhile, it's 84 degrees outside in SoCal right now. Oh, well, it's 80 degrees here in DC as well, but it's also <laughs> summer. <laughs> How is it? <laughs> uh, yeah, I got pretty muggy today. But anyways, <laughs> back to Heather, back to the regular. Oh, sorry, program. sorry, sorry, Heather. Um, <laughs> it's okay. So, uh, you've talked a little bit about this, but I'm going to ask you to sort of bullet it for us so that the mm-hmm. listeners really get sort of the, the, the gist of it. So if you were to talk about three skills, one, mm-hmm. two, three, that you grabbed in higher ed or that you had in higher ed, that you built in higher ed, that helped you either get the position or stay in the work that you're doing now, what would those be? And then wrap it up with just a sort of a one quick sentence on any advice that you would have mm-hmm for someone who's trying to make a pivot out of EDU, maybe their first time or maybe even their second time? Yeah. So the first skill would be communication. And I think that's just really huge. I mean, there are a lot of people in tech who have really, really good tech skills, right? Really smart, really analytical, really data-driven. But when it comes to communication, sometimes that's difficult. Um, So I think that skill of just being able to talk to people that you you get all the time in higher ed um, is a super beneficial skill. And I know we, you know, we talk about it a lot, but it's, it's, it's a big deal. Um, and it really does come off in interviews and it, it comes off when you, when you can bring it to the table, especially in a really technical job. So that would be number one. Let me, let me think of a second one. I think in higher ed, I wore a lot of hats. So I was the director of fitness, but you know, in reality, what, you know, you, you do a lot, like we tend to, take jobs on with a certain title. And then we end up doing like eight different things under that job, as well as volunteering for 26 committees at the same time. So I think that that's something to leverage. And I think I did, I did bring that to my interview as well. And I think that just being able to multitask and uh, wear a lot of hats is a really, really strong attribute for any job as well. I'm thinking of a third. Yep. (laughs) I was going to say that's two down. You got one more to go. It seems to me like a commitment to to learning like this. Oh, my God. Many of us have this like ongoing commitment to lifelong learning. Right. And uh, you clearly demonstrated that. Not that you need it. I'm sure you would have come up with a third, but that just stood out to me. I'm like, you clearly like like to learn and have the wherewithal to find ways to upskill yourself. Yeah, I think that 100 percent. That's perfect. Thank you for thinking of that for me because that's great. Bring me to meet to your next interview. <laughs> yeah, totally. Will do. Um, yeah, commitment to learning is is huge. I mean, I think that I proved in my interviews with various companies that that was something that was important to me. Like I had learned X, Y, and Z skills in six months, and I had applied them. And so I think, yeah, that commitment to learning really is a great skill. Oh wait, before her like final uh, yeah, yeah. advice. I actually thought it would be good. Can we dig in a little bit to what your interview, like application and interview process was? Did you find, you know, did you have to do a a lot of um, applications in order to get interviews? Did you do networking to get your foot in the door for interview? How, how did that process go for you? I think that's a great, great question. Um, I applied to, I want to say 36 or 40 jobs. I don't know, somewhere in that range. And the ones that I got interviews to were typically ones where I either knew someone or reached out to someone. I think, you know, networking is huge. Any sort of connection, referral, even if it's just reaching out to someone on LinkedIn because you notice they work there and being like, hey, I noticed you work for this company. I would really like to apply for this position. Can we can we find some time to chat about it? Um, so what had happened with me is actually... In the group, the um, what is that group called? The um, expat group. 
Yep. Yes. That group. Um, someone had posted a job at Archer. It was not the SEO position. It was a totally different job. And I happened to recognize her name. And so I clicked on the link and I saw on the list, there was an SEO job. And so I reached out to her and I was like, Hey, you seem familiar and I want to apply for this job. And, and then I went to her LinkedIn and I was like, Oh, you worked at Florida state. I worked at Florida state, but we worked there at different times and both in campus recreation though. And so she was like the marketing person, like five years after I was there. And so then she came back with me and she's like, I totally met you at a conference. You don't remember, do you? And I was like, Oh no, (laughs) but you know, sometimes conferences are like that, but, um, she's awesome. And now I do, I do actually recall meeting her now that I've been on a couple of calls with her. Um, but yeah, she kind of got my foot in the, in the door with that and got my name out there, which I think is super important. And I know companies really like referrals. So, you know, I knew her, but like, I didn't know her, but that was a great way to get my foot in the door there and um, start working there. Okay, Heather, now that Jamie's asked her final question, I'm going to ask you to give a, (laughs) she snuck one in. I'm going to ask you to give us that summary, that one sentence advice for people who are making their, their original pivot, or maybe their second pivot. Yes. So my advice is to niche down when applying for a role. So just like in marketing, it feels like you're limiting yourself when you choose like one skill set or one type of work within an industry. But if you can show your expertise in a niche part of an industry like SEO within marketing, and then pull out the highlights from your experience that translate to that niche, you'll have a much better chance at crushing your interviews and proving you're the person for that exact job. That is great. Uh, And that's something that we tell folks all the time is like, Think about the job as you're going into the application resume and an interview process. So thank you so much, Heather. This was a great story. Like I, I'm, I feel really connected to you just based on the story that you shared. Not, not that I, I, will yeah, I feel like I want to go take, uh, take some uh, courses on SEO yeah. now. <laughs> I mean, I did we like all just become I, friends? Yes. I feel like when I come to Denver, I'm going to want to take you out for coffee because this was a Love really, that. this is a really fascinating story. And I'm, and, 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 you know, one of the things, and, and our listeners will will understand this, the theme for this season has really been the, the the people who've pivoted into careers that are not the ones that normally are thought of, right? It's mm-hmm. not learning and development. It's not, um, it, it's not HR talent acquisition. It's not customer success, which are usually the ones that people think of immediately. Like you went into sort of a career, uh, a career pivot that, you know, required you to take some training, required you to take some, um, some, some education beyond what you were currently doing, um, but that it is possible, right? For those of you who are listening to this, um, it's, you don't have to go into L&D. You don't have to go into customer success. If you do, that's great. If you want to, that's great. But there's options outside of that. And the cool thing is the skills that you've built in higher ed are going to help you get there. So Heather, I really appreciate it. I really appreciate uh, the story that you shared with us. For all of our listeners out there, thank you so much for joining us. We are excited that you are continuing this journey with our Pivoting Out of EDU podcast, and we look forward to seeing you next week. Thank you for listening to Pivoting Out of EDU. In addition to our podcast, we offer various ways to get support as you work through your career transition, including digital resources, one-to-one consulting, group workshops, and cohort-based blended learning experiences. For more information about these services and show notes, visit pivotingoutofedu.com. And if you haven't done so already, join our LinkedIn group called EDU Pivoters, where we share job opportunities and foster engagement between those who have pivoted and those who want to pivot.